Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to this week's Sunday special. Today we're, we're going to be reading an article that's a little bit different. We're going to be reading of someone else's experience in when driving a race car really and i've been meaning to properly read this article for a long time now and it's now about a year later so obviously i have not done not done a good job of getting to this article but i thought well you know what this is interesting and it's a nice long piece as a sunday special should be so this would be a good article to read this comes from my friend stain passpont and the headline is as follows living the dream driving a real race car on spa frankershams a report on the best day of my life so far it's safe to say that most petrol heads dream of becoming a professional race car driver or at the very least, drive a real race car. The road to finding yourself in that position can be long, hard, and often very expensive. So how did I manage to get myself behind the wheel of a real race car on the best racetrack in the world? A quick visit to a local gaming event. It all began at the FOM Fragomatic Land Party in the neighboring city. Having been there a couple of times to hog the VR setups, I decided to go again and see what stuff I could try out this time. Upon arriving, I saw a race trailer parked by the convention hall and instantly knew some racing sims were going to be present. After a virtual race on Spa between the best drivers of the day, I ended up winning a taxi lap. But it didn't take long for me to decide to upgrade my prize to switch to a full driver training instead. The company that made all this possible is FunQ. Over the last three months leading up to my drive on Spa, I've gotten to know them a lot better and even accompanied them on a few track days at Zolder and Matet. I hope I got that right. Founder... Rick Verhead, I can't even figure out how to say that, I'm really sorry. Rick's main reason for starting FunQ is simple. Why have fun on your own when you can share the whole experience? The day I was going to drive wasn't going to be any ordinary track day where you have to dodge dozens of hatchbacks. Instead, the track day I went to was organized by Curbstone, the best organizers of track and test days in the world. Remember that video of Richard Hammond driving the Falcon Tires Porsche 911 GT3R? on Portimao here on Drive Tribe? That was also organized by Curbstone. That fact alone should give you an idea of what kind of track day I'm talking about. If you need further proof, further proof on the kind of quality events Curbstone organizes, then take a look at this. The 24 hours of Le Mans and 24 hours of Nürburgring winning team Manthe Racing testing the brand new 911 GT2 RS Club Sport in full camo livery. The Club Sport ran non-stop all day. FunQ's weapons of choice are two GT4 spec Genettas, the G50 and its younger, updated brother, the G55. With 1,025 kilograms and 340 horsepower, 1,025 kilograms, 1,500 kilograms is 3,300 pounds. So we're talking like 2,200 pounds, there, thereabouts. But anyway, courtesy of the Trident tested 3.5 liter Ford Duratec V8, the G50 is more than capable of annoying the average supercar, especially thanks to its semi slick tires. The G55 bumps those steps up a notch with 370 horsepower and a featherweight 975 kilograms. Couple that with an upgraded aero package and full racing slicks and you've got yourself one hell of a track day car. Also managed to secure some drive tribe decals. You can thank Chief Marketing Officer Jim Murray Jones and Digital Designer Curtis Page for that. They're the ones that heard, that heard my call and made it possible for me to represent the platform I love. First up were some taxi laps in the G55 to get to know the track more. I probably have hundreds of virtual laps under my belt 
of spa, but I had none in real life. I've experienced spa only once before as a passenger of a 911 convertible years ago. That was a pleasant Sunday drive compared to what the G55 was capable of. The first thing you notice are the brakes. After firing out the pit exit at the beginning of the immensely long Camel Strait, you have to slow down severely for the right-left-right corners of Le Combs and Malmedy. Malmedy? Probably Malmedy. But where the normal cars brake, the G55 has enough room left to shift up a gear. And when the brakes are finally applied, sorry, applied? Wow. And when the brakes are finally applied, your eyeballs fly out. The full racing harness prevents the rest of your body from meeting up with them at the windshield. The high point is, without a doubt, and very predictably, Radion. While you're flying down the back straight after exiting La Source, Radion looks like a wall. A wall the G55 can take flat out. In doing so, the car compresses and bottoms out at Eau Rouge. It, it doesn't just slightly touch the asphalt, but rather violently slams into it. Good thing it's designed to handle such abuse for an entire duration of an average race weekend. Soon it was time for the main event, my first half hour long session behind the wheel of the G50. I had driven the G55 before at Zolder and Matet, but I had never been behind the wheel of its older brother. It was pretty easy to adapt however as the G50 is left hand drive compared to the G55 which has its steering, on, steering wheel on the wrong side of the car. I am Belgian after all. You aren't set out alone, as, fun, as a fun cue coach will sit in the passenger seat to guide you along. In my case, it was Rick himself. Some instructors or people that are letting you lend their car can be quite obstructive, force you to keep the car well within its safe zone and not let you drive the car to its full potential. Rick is not one of those instructors. One of the first things he tells his drivers to do is to slam on the brakes as hard as they can while driving flat out on a straight until the tires briefly lock up. This is to let you know and realize just how capable the brakes are. And you really do need to stomp on the brakes to get the tires to lock up as easing into them takes way too much time. You're already standing still by the time you've pressed the pedal to the bottom. Curbstone has two car classes that switch each half hour. GT Sport for supercars and slower race cars and GT Race for the high performance race cars like GT3 and prototype machinery. The main goal of my first session was to get to know the car and the best lines around the track. Start slow and gradually pick up the pace. When I finally came into the pits at the end of at the end of the session, I was pleased with my performance. I didn't make any mistakes and drove pretty darn clean. With the extra confidence, I knew that I with the extra confidence, I knew that I could start pushing more and get more out of the car. I also learned that you should get enough sleep and have a big strong breakfast before you crawl into a race car. Even though there was a five-star level breakfast at the track, I didn't eat a whole lot. Must have been the nerves and the excitement that made me eat only a couple of croissants. Oh god, don't, don't eat only croissants. The mind was willing, but the body needed a break. The poor preparation combined with the g-forces I had to endure made me take a little breather. After a pit stop for the body at the diner, relaxing for a bit and checking out the other cars in the paddock, it was finally time for me to get back behind the wheel. I could probably explain to you what I did for the entire 30 minutes as it was that good. I had a blast. All the confidence and knowledge I gained in the first session was used in the second. I was without a doubt faster. The main proof of that is that instead of being hunted, I became the hunter. Up ahead was a Ferrari 458 Challenge, a perfect target. The Genetic could easily keep up with and pass such a car, but keep in mind, a guy used to driving a Suzuki Samurai was behind the wheel. Nevertheless, I kept the 458 Challenge, which was running at least semi-slicks, well within my sights and was gradually catching up to it. 
That was until I had to let a Porsche 911 GT3 and GT3 RS pass. That did give a new target car to try and keep up with and eventually overtake. The 911 GT3 had the power and speed to pull away on the straights, but the G50 had more grip and a motivated rookie driver trying to make a name for himself. Me. Cutting Eau Rouge in 5th gear and firing up Radion at approximately 180 kilometers per hour, or 110 miles per hour, is the best feeling in the world. By the time we passed the pit wall again, I was still in his rearview mirror. If we didn't ca get caught up in a BMW M experience train and or if I had the session lasted sorry and or if the session lasted 5 minutes longer, I'm fairly certain I would have had the opportunity to pass that I11 GT3. After my second stint, I was in a state of pure happiness. I was sweating buckets and was exhausted, but man, was that fun. Rick was comfortable enough with me driving that he stopped giving me advice for a whole lap, pulled out his phone and live-streamed an entire lap on the FunQ Facebook page, a feat I took quite a bit of pride in. Watch the video below of a full lap of Spa, of spa Frankershamps with me behind the wheel, including my maximum focus face. The entire day was a resounding success. My final bit of action behind the wheel of the G50 was when it was when it had to be put back in the race trailer at the end of the day. You need someone behind the wheel to maneuver the car inside the compact trailer and skinny enough to get out of the car when you barely open the door. Looks like I'm going to have to tag along some more then. And that is the end of the article. What a great story though. And I'm going to have to watch that video on my own after I, after I edit this podcast. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed hearing Stane Pospon's experience racing at Spa. If I ever make it to Belgium, you know I'm going to Spa. And if there's some Viper guys... In, in Belgium, and I know there's a few, I have to get a ride in a Viper at Spa. That, that would be an unknown dream come true. But anyway, I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, then please like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, then please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, well, thank you. Don't forget to hit the little notification bell and then all notifications. That way you'll be notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well, then just boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum before you set off and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all actually soon probably tuesday because we got a lot of new cars to delve into anyway i will see you all next time you've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if i'm being honest if you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels then why don't you follow me on twitter at cody car c-o-n-u-n-d-r-m or check out my website www.codyscarconundrum.com for articles and other car related content if you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.